The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time for the, um, fuck, unresearched opinions of two culturally insignificant dudes. Apparently one who's got a cough and the other one's frickin' allergy magnet over here. Either that or it's flu. It's not the flu. I felt like I had the flu a week. You always feel sick, though, you big faker. I'm not a faker. Suddenly come on for the podcast. Anyway, so, uh... We, um, we've decided to try and do more social things for, for whatever reason. I don't know why. So now we're going to be... So, yeah, we're going to be uh, kind of uh, giving you the blow-by-blow. Blow. But before that, I guess, in case you, ha- you, you don't know, um, we'll give our self-perceptions, kind of like uh, in the 80s when they had the video dating. You know, you had to do profiles like, hi, I'm so-and-so. Mm-hmm. So, instead of that, it's basically the self-perceptions that we have. Do you want to go first? No, I don't even know what we're doing here. Okay, so basically, I consider myself... You're springing this on me right now. Oh, shut up. You knew about this for a while. So, basically, (laughs) I consider myself an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert. The point is, when it comes to people, I'm just as happy being by myself as I am with other people. Okay. Like I really, I really have no preference. I do, I do enjoy my time by myself, but you know, I also enjoy time with others. So really, I don't, I don't know. So you're not one of these people like me that has to go out and no, just be around people. No. Now on top of that, <clears throat> see, I would, I wouldn't know that I would call you an introvert though. Yeah. I don't think you're an extroverted introvert. You think I'm an introverted extrovert? <laughs> I don't know. You just, you don't strike me as an introvert. I mean, an introvert is somebody that's like almost afraid to speak to people. Oh, yeah. You're not that. Yeah. So there's that. And then on top, well, what do you consider yourself as in terms of like sociability? Uh, pretty social, have to be around people. So if I'm like by myself with no human contact, you know, like no, and, and that can count as like a video conference as well. Like if for, for whatever reason, when I video conference with people, it makes me feel better. Hmm. Um, I am the person that would go out and if I've been at home alone for a couple of days, would literally like go somewhere where there's people okay. just so I can be around them. Um, in social settings, I don't like it. I don't like it when I go to a party if 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 there's nobody I know, or if if and if if I'm like kind of feeling like I'm excluded right. from the group, like I'll leave. 
Like, like if, if, if somebody is like, Hey, welcome. And then they kind of like welcome into the group. Right. And then I feel like I'm kind of having a good time and meeting people and kind of like part of the, part of whatever is happening, then I'll be quite happy. But if I go to like a social thing by myself and like no one kind of connects with me, Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to like hang around or just be happy to be there by myself. I'll leave. Okay. So there's that. Now, in terms of meeting folks, the traditional ways that that I've met folks is basically through school. Right. So I'm at that age where school is no longer really an option. (laughs) You're not a hot woman. No. So you don't really... I would hope that you would be able to tell by the sound of my voice. (laughs) But hot women have an advantage when it comes to like meeting people, right? I think hot people have a general advantage. Hot people in general, yeah. Um, So... Like I've tried all the internet dating stuff and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a joiner anyway. So what about like clubs? Again, I'm not really a joiner anyway. Okay. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting <laughs> trying to uh, meet new people. So this can be like an ongoing thing of like us trying to do it or even like also our individual experiences of trying to do it. Right. Well, I can already tell you about my individual thing. Of really? Trying to, of trying to meet people. Okay. So basically, here's how it goes. Like I said, I'm just as happy being by myself as I am around other people. So there's really no impetus for me to go out and try to try to join groups or meet folks. I mean, I'm just as happy reading a book by myself as I am just sitting at home watching TV or having the TV on. Mm-hmm. Or um, having something on to listen to while I play uh, computer card games. Like solitaire, Jumanji, yeah, <clears throat> and I. So, so I'm pretty low effort on that end. So, are you gonna like? Are you gonna give me a story though? About what? Trying to meet somebody, or, or are you just saying you don't do it? I generally don't, um, but I also acknowledge. Partially because I've been reading the titles of a lot of books that I'm kind of interested in lately. Yeah. That that talks about how loneliness kind of fuels um, fascism and uh, authoritarianism. In that the authoritarian or the fascist can feed on a group's, the members of individuals in a group of their loneliness. And that's how fascism rises and stuff. It's, it's so do you do, 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 do they make these people lonely to begin with? No, no, no. They just, just take advantage. Praying on that. They take advantage of it. Right. Like sexual predators, I guess. So things kind of have to be, so there has to be like a environment for it to flourish then. Yeah. And, uh, people do like weird things. I remember hearing a story about, the Iranian revolution where some mother basically, well, not basically put the noose around the head of her son to have him executed. Why? I don't remember the rest of the story. I just remember the punchline, which made me go, wow, that's messed up. I can't imagine a mother doing that. Well, apparently it was because of great loneliness or whatever. I I don't remember the thesis of it, but I just, I saw that and I was like, wow, that's messed up. But, the reason why I think that 
Well, because people are saying you need to meet more people, you need to be more social, like the, the ills of life, a lot of the ills of life surround loneliness. So I'm sitting there going, hmm, maybe it's not that good that I'm kind of... Probably not. So that was the whole, that was the whole basis behind the idea of, well, we should meet more folks. I should meet more folks. We've had the experience of asking people before, though, and like a lot of times, like if it's a woman, they think that you're propositioning them. Right. Well, that's because if you play the odds, it's usually true. But that's kind of not our goal, though. Like our goal is just to meet more people. And let's face it, I'm pretty low effort. So if if a woman thinks that I'm propositioning her and is willing to throw it on the table, I'll be like, well, okay. <laughs> but the problem is, is that every woman in LA, most of them think that you are when you ask. Well, most women of a certain age. Right. Because I'm. I mean, I this. Plenty of people that I interact with, I just never kind of ask the question, right? What question? Hey, you want to do some socializing or something? Hmm. But maybe I need to, like, come up with some better things to say other than that. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's pretty direct. And and, and the hard part part for you is you're you're probably just as low effort as I am, if not worse. (laughs) I am because we've been talking about this, this like expanding our social circle for years, shit, at least a decade, probably longer. And the funny thing is, is we failed for at least a decade. <laughs> we tried for a while. So part of it could just be that we're like, we like, I like for a while there before all this COVID bullshit and before things were kind of grim, um, we used to have, like, I used to have people were over the house, <clears throat> and we would do the fucking barbecue thing, and it was, like, never, like, we, we would, like, meet people, and then they would have no desire. Well, maybe we're boring. Together. <laughs> you know? Maybe we're not fun to hang out with. I just think we're old. Well, we are old now, but maybe we're just not fun to hang out with. I mean, that's... That's possible. You know, going on the going on the 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 what is it the um, the explanations for things, right? I mean, because people love to think that merit and proficiency trump all kinds of stuff. Oh, you're not successful. That's because you're not trying hard enough. How do you know? But anyway, <clears throat> so there's that's 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 the intro to that. Okay. Uh, do you have topics for this week? No, not really. I, I kind of have one, but I don't know if it's. I haven't really thought about it. Well, those are the best kinds, but, you know, we still got some more time on this, so we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of funny because a, a, as, as, much as, as much as I really don't care about what people think about me, I kind of do in the fact that, you know, why do, I, why do I feel like such a failure in life? Well, because I don't have any of the things that you're supposed to have, so it's embarrassing. Right. Wife and 2.5 children. Or whatever. And But the flip side is, is, do I personally care about that? Not really. But I do care about it because I've invested a lot of time in a lot of things. And here I am. But dude, all my friends did that. <clears throat> well, most people, all my they, friends did but, that. But they're all... A lot of them are not together anymore. Like, I, Actually, I, none of my friends are together anymore. Well, so they got married, they had kids, and then 
they separated. Well, I have a I have a theory on that that I'm not going to throw out there because because you'll offend a bunch of people. Yes. Well, then don't throw it out there. <laughs> um, I'll offend people that I barely know or don't know at all. Yeah. Which is oh, and that's another thing. I constantly say the wrong thing. I say stuff that you know later on. I'm just like, ooh, that could be pretty offensive. <clears throat> but at least they gave it a go. That's the way I look at it. Okay. You know. I mean, I I, I have the thought where I'm like, man, I could have been a good. I, I mean, I think I would have been a pretty good dad. Would have been good to have some kids, have a wife, all that. Just didn't really happen. Yeah. Well, they, no, I was married, but it didn't work out. Oh, well, we're not going to go into your marriage. No, let's not talk about that. Yeah, because that's a, that's, a, that's a whole can of embarrassing worms. <laughs> it's not that embarrassing. Uh, no, it's not embarrassing at all. It's just, uh, it's just comical. It's, it's like me when I'm trying to, to uh, make a joke and... <laughs> Sometimes I'll I'll say stuff that are, you know, just teasing in general, lighthearted in nature. But if it's someone that I don't know, could be taken pretty wrong. Well. Like really wrong. Yeah, but like you're pretty good in a social setting in, in terms of kind of gauging people. And, and, and kind of like I've noticed that like when we're having fun, then more people come in and have fun. And it's generally a fun time. Whereas when I try to be funny, like like deliberately try to be funny, oh yeah, it's a fucking train wreck. Yeah, you're like you're like Norm in, in Cheers. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking train wreck. <laughs> so you know, like, because I'm trying to be funny, and then it just you know I end up like offending somebody, or it just goes goes down really really badly. Yeah, that's that's why I I have no qualms about going to a party by myself because if there's decent decent spread. Uh-huh. In terms of refreshments, I'm totally fine. See, I, I went to a dinner party by myself a couple of months ago, and it was great. And I was surprised because hey. usually I, I, I wouldn't do that. But And it wasn't by myself. I already knew one of the people that was there. But it was – I didn't even know. It was, it, was like a, it was like a secret. I didn't even know it was a dinner party. <laughs> right? So I show up, and it was they were already having dinner. Right. And so I just was that guest that just came and joined the dinner party, and it was it was fun. Of course, none of those people, I, you know, I exchanged info with all those people, and they were like, oh, man, you're a fucking riot. You know, we'll get together, might definitely hang out. <laughs> and then, like, do I hear from anybody? No. Well, that's kind so, of what goes on here, though. I was kind of like a bit, a bit I don't Take, know. Taken aback. Yeah. Because eh. I, I felt like I was the life of the party, but. Maybe I was like a pain in the ass. Could have been, could have been, but uh, you know, no harm, no foul. So that's gonna that's gonna be, I guess, a continuing. You know, in my mind, I'm like, they're a weird bunch, anyway. So, but yeah, so that that might be a this might be a continuing segment. Most of the time, it might be, yeah, we uh, what would we try this week? Nothing. All right. Or we got together and it was a disaster, which you know is probably more fun to talk about. So anyway, you said you had a topic. Well, the topic is something that um, one of my friends was talking about, and she was saying that because um, because she she's 
she's dated. She dates. She puts herself out there. She dates. She meets guys. Mm-hmm. She met a guy. It seemed like it was like a really good match. It seemed like they were things were going really, really well. And then all of a sudden, dude was just one minute he was all in, and the next minute he was like just ghosting her. Well, he probably found somebody better or wasn't really interested in the first place. And right? um, and I'm just like, that's awful. But she said, <clears throat> she said something. She said, I feel like people. What was the expression? She, she said, people always externalize their own issues onto her. What does that mean? So, she was like, basically, people have issues, mm-hmm. and then they blame her for their own issues. These are people she knows well or just, just met? People she's, I think probably people she's met. Like, recently met? Recently met. But I've kind of noticed it in the context with you that it's something that happens too. Okay. And the reason I say that is I feel like sometimes I feel like with people that you kind of, it's like you hold up a mirror to them. Not on purpose. And then they don't want to be around you anymore. And, and I'm like, well, the only thing I can see in that context is maybe that's what's going on is that people are kind of have, have their own issues and they don't like to be, they don't like to have that pointed out to them. Well, if, if, you're, if your observation of what people do to me is correct, does that mean I need to hang out with self-absorbed people? No, you probably need to hang out with people that aren't self-absorbed. Well, I guess what I mean when I say self-absorbed... Well, insecure people. You need to hang out with people that aren't insecure. Oh, I'm never going to find that. Because... Everyone's insecure about something. Yeah, but like... <clears throat> like, like think, of, think of some of the examples in the past of like when we've been hanging out with, in the context of like on movie sets and stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. There's one example I can think of. He was like the producer guy. Mm-hmm. He would always get like puffed up. Oh, really? Around you. And actually I've had I've had I've had other friends say that about And guys kind of get puffed up around you. I've 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 had that. I've had I've had I've had a per, a friend of mine say that about me and I was just like, "Really?" Cuz you know, I don't see these other people in in other contexts. And then, you know, we'll hang out. You know, my buddy and I will hang out with this other friend that he knows and he'll be like, "Wow, that guy usually not like that." I'm like, "What do you mean?" Like he's trying to be all super manly. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trolling for dick. So, <clears throat> but it's, it's, I think it's a human, it's a human thing that we do where we, where, when somebody is behaving like we are, like, like for, for example, if I'm hanging or hanging out with someone that's a lot like me, a lot of that stuff that person does really, really gets on my gut. And like, I get very upset at them for exhibiting behaviors that I basically exhibit myself. Okay. So I think like, is that, would you call that externalizing? I'm not sure what I would call that. Or would you call it me just not being very uh, self-aware? I don't know, but I, I, cause I say that too. I say you, you tend to not like things about other people that you 
have yourself. Oh, absolutely. Like I think I think ninety percent of people when they sit there and gripe about somebody else and the behavior they're exhibiting, it's usually things that they absolutely do themselves. Now this could be this could in, be, in fact they might be the worst offender. <clears throat> this could be gargantually self self unaware. I've never really had that problem with others. Like I've never, I've never like, oh, I don't like that guy because of this, and have somebody say, well, you do that. Okay. Maybe because I'm too self-absorbed. Because <laughs> I just, I never, I've never, I've never met anyone and gone, oh, I really don't like X about them, and then think about it and say, oh, wait a second, I do that. But it's a weird thing because. With strangers, I'll get upset at them, but with friends, I feel like me and my group of friends, and I'm talking about my old friends now, mm-hmm. my friends from New Zealand. Yes. I feel like we're, very, we're all very similar in a lot of ways, but but yet the, the, the friendship has kind of stood the test of time, even though we all are kind of like annoying in the same ways. Hmm. So... I don't know what the answer is. Like, like, is it just the fact that because you have those friends, you just kind of so you kind of like dismiss it, or you just sort of mm-hmm. say, you know, what am I okay with? Maybe I, 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 I tend to find that I, I find characteristics annoying among people, even among my friends, and it's really the same characteristics. Like I'm, as if I am attracting the same type of person. Why is that? Well, I don't know, but it's. It can get annoying, and it's also kind of comical because I've 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 figured out that among uh, several of, of people that I consider very close friends and even close relatives, the things that bug me about one of them, all of them share, <laughs> which well, is which is kind of funny, and it doesn't necessarily bug me. I just I just find that there are a lot of similarities between those people, and I'm sitting there going. Uh, am I only, am I somehow just kind of drawn to that type of person or vice versa? Well, I, I found that there's like a lot of similarities between me and your dad. Yeah. yeah. And, and I know that your dad, it, there's things that your dad does that like bugs the shit out of you yeah, like yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, why would you put up, <laughs> I'm like, why would you put up with a friend that exhibits similar behaviors to your father when it bugs the shit out of you. Apparently it doesn't bug me as much as it... Apparently, maybe because I like to complain about it more than it actually bugs me. Okay. Right? Okay, maybe. I mean, because, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It, it does bug me. And, and I'm not the only friend. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the, um, it does and bug I, me. And I haven't met some of your other friends, but I'm assuming that some of them are similar. Some of them are. I mean, uh, some of them aren't. Yeah. But there is a... There is a theme. I do. I do have friends that uh, do not act that. Do not. Do not have some of those characteristics. So do you have friends that are more like your mom then? Uh, no, I think I'm personality wise. I'm probably more like my mom, just not as feminine. Right. But do you have any friends like that though? That are kind of like your mom. No, but sadly, I do get. I do. I am attracted to that personality type in a woman. Hmm. Well, that makes sense, right? Well, that's Isn't what that they like a psychological thing. That's what they say, right? Isn't that like they, they they profile that. Well, I, I I have I always I always thought that you go you're sexually attracted to your uh, your opposite sex parent. Dude, I said I I, I said <coughs> that to my sister mm-hmm. about her husband. Mm-hmm. She was not happy, and uh, she was like, "He is not like my dad." And I'm like, "I'm like, well, I'm like, 
there are some similarities. <laughs> and I've also found it very disturbing that um, I am uh, physically attracted to women that look a lot like my fourth grade teacher. And this was this was That's told odd. this was told to me because I have a friend who's how also, old are you in fourth grade? Oh uh, shoot, how old are I? Uh, six, seven, eight, like nine or ten. Oh yeah, I uh, can think of that. I can think of that teacher because because my I had a friend who's a teacher, and she's she's a certain body type, and she thought she always thought it was so funny because all, a lot of the male kids that she taught. In fourth grade, she would see them later, you know, like in adolescence or even early early adulthood. And that'd be with some girl. They'd be with a would be with a with a girl or a woman that pretty much looked like her. <laughs> That's so weird. And I just sit there going, huh? See, I, I wouldn't say that I've been with women that looked like my fourth grade teacher. Or I don't know what you call that. I think in New Zealand that would probably be like standard one, standard two, mm-hmm. or maybe it's I don't know, but. Personality-wise, a lot like my teacher. Oh, yeah. No, personality-wise, no. Because, you know, what what do you know about your teacher personality-wise in fourth grade? But looks-wise, oh, yeah. And uh, it's 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 unhelpful that that is, that is kind of like a gold standard of Western beauty. The, your te- the teacher? My teacher was. I mean, she was probably about... <clears throat> I'm really into women who are probably about height-wise between 5'5 to 5'11, who have slim athletic-type builds, um, you know, very fair-skinned. So Nordic. Light eyes, light hair, right? Uh-huh. And everybody's like, oh, you've been you've been corrupted by the patriarchy, by by Madison Avenue. You just you just don't know. You need to really look into what you're attracted to and then when my friend the teacher told me about that i was like what did my fourth grade teacher look like she was about five five she what was picture of her? no well i do in, in the yearbook at home but okay, you know, she got, about, i'm curious to see this picture she's about five five i'll post it to instagram you know uh light hair light eyes very fair skin slim athletic have you looked her up no dude why would I look her up? I don't know. I'm I'd not just be curious. I'm not that crazy dude that that. Uh... Well, no, that's that's probably more of a more of a um, a commentary on the, the teacher game. I had the hearts for was this American teacher when I was a, and when I was about fifteen, man. Oh yeah. My goodness. Yeah. But you know, I'm I like I, I like the looks of everybody though. It's more about personality for me because you know. I've the, the the women that I've been interested in on an emotional level have kind of run the gamut in in looks, you know, height wise, body type wise, they just but they do share a, a same kind of goofiness that, you know, Lucille Ball had. And I'm just I'm just all oh no. But Lucille Ball was probably a little bit touched, right? I'm sure she was. She was, I mean, she was successful in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. But she still seemed pretty down to earth. Well, I, my favorite. For, for, for the massive star she was. Well, yeah. Well, my favorite story is the one that Carol Burnett tells about her. Oh, okay. So, like, Do I guess, I guess when Carol Burnett was first starting out, Lucille Ball kind of took her under her wing a little bit and helped her out a bit. And when, uh, 
and you know, they, 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 they talk every now and then. And whenever Carol Burnett said she'd talk to Lucy, Lucy'd be like, Hey kid, how you doing? You know, cause she had that smoker's voice and mm-hmm. everything going on. And apparently when Carol Burnett was uh, trying to get a special going, when she was just starting out, like CBS wanted to do a special, but they wanted a headliner in the show and she couldn't think of anybody but Lucy. And so she, she called it Lucy. It's like, Oh, Hey Lucy, it's, it's me. Carol's like, Hey kid, how you doing? Blah, blah. And it's like, uh, well, you know, CBS wants me to do a special, but, and Lucille Ball cut her off and said, when do you need me? Wow. Yeah. I mean, stories like that. And then also in country music, you know, where we hear about, um, uh, oh, was this the Chris Christopherson story? No, Patsy Cline and, uh, and, uh, Loretta Lynn. Okay. And, but my favorite is the, the, the Willie Nelson one. Okay. Well, Willie Nelson, uh, songwriter, was in it. Was in Nashville, you know, writing songs. Yeah, he's prolific. Um, not really, not really being able to get much of a um, much success as a performer, just because of the way his voice sounded or whatever. Right. And just not being able to get much success, so basically he'd write songs and uh, and sell them, like sell the royalties to. Mm-hmm. Um. And, uh, in fact, in the country music documentary, it was, it was said that, uh, it was said that, uh, he, he joked about how he, he pawned his guitar so many times the pawnbroker knew how to play it better than he did. <laughs> so apparently once when he was really kind of down on his luck, there was a song that he had written and he knew, he knew it would be a hit. So he went to a prevailing performer. I forget the name of the guy. He was a big star in the fifties, but... You know, I, I can't I can't remember his name right now, so it's it's not like, so it, I don't think his I don't think his uh, his stardom lasted. Right. Uh, but apparently, Willie Nelson approached this guy at, at at the at this bar called Tootsie's, <clears throat> or at this bar uh, that they that all the musicians used to hang out at, and said that he had a song that you know that he um, he thought would be pretty good, and you know that he'd sell it to the guy for 500 bucks and this performer was was who was doing really well at the time so he was like no 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 look i'll loan you 500 dollars if you let me record the song and you promise not to sell the rights to anybody to which willie nelson does and apparently it becomes a big hit and he gets his first royalty check for fifteen thousand dollars which back then was you know super big money and apparently, Still super big money. well, not like it was back then. I mean, yeah. in the fifties, I think if you were, I think uh, that was probably more than a, than than. It must have been a huge hit. Many people made uh, that was his first royalty check. Yeah, but the story goes that when he got that check, he 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 found that guy at the bar, and he just went up and and Willie Nelson kissed this this uh, performer full on on the lips. <laughs> and apparently, the the guy was like, "Oh, that's the, I I had never been kissed that good in my life." See, I like the um, things we're talking about country music stories. Um, I like the story about Chris Christopherson, mm. right? Like, basically, uh, was it was he working as a janitor? Well, he gave he, up. He just kind of he, he yeah he 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 was super smart. He gave up his like university education, right? He left to go to Nashville to try and make it. Well, he gave up a very good army career. Oh, army career too. He was okay, a, yeah. he was a major in the army, and so. So he goes to Nashville and basically his family disowns him. Yep. 
and um, and I and I guess somehow he, he ends up like doing odds and ends. Well, he was at he, a studio. Well, yeah, he was he was a janitor at a studio. Right, yeah, and and Johnny Cash is there, and I guess I guess Christopherson, Chris Christopherson must have got a really really horrible letter. Yep, like a really horrible letter. Like I disown you. You know, <laughs> from child, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. And then he shows. And then he sho- he shows the letter. <laughs> He shows the letter to Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is like, "It's always good to get a to hear from the family. It's always good to get a to get a, a letter from home, huh?" <laughs> and and then he starts recording, and then and then he bring and then he brings Chris on. I thought I'm, I thought I'm so, I, I thought he brought Chris, or 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 did it. I know that he that Chris Christopherson wrote a song. And I, and I can't remember whether Johnny Cash performed it or performed it with Chris Christopherson. I don't remember that either, but I do remember that it seemed that Johnny Cash kind of liked him, like Chris Christopherson. Mm-hmm. So he would always find excuses for for Chris Christopherson to be in the studio with them right. when he was recording stuff, so that he could kind of learn through observation. Yeah. And I the reason the reason why I like those those stories, or I like the country music business, the stories about the country music business, because it's more about people being nice to each other. Right. Instead of about people like... I wonder if it's still the same way. Well, I'm pretty sure that there's there's also people that, you know, shafted other people. And, well, there's always people like that. And But, you know, you just don't hear about it as much as you do in, like, rock and roll. Like, in the 50s, there were, there were people that had hit records and stuff, but, you know, ended up living Derelict. in poverty. Yeah. But then again, uh, who is it? Uh, speaking of that, I mean... It seems that that show business is not a it, it's it's a tough life. I mean, look at Jan Michael Vincent, right? In the seventies, he was it. And eighties, I mean, he was a uh, he was it. And then I remember, was it early two thousands? About you know how far he'd fallen, and I was just I was just sitting there going, "My goodness." Yeah, it's uh, it's a brutal business, and you know that saying you're only as good as your as your last hit it's true i mean you know if you, when you're hot getting representation is no issue but when your stars when your stars not on the rise anymore when it's uh you know you get to a certain point and maybe all the people that have been making money off you for the years you know all of a sudden they're not returning your calls right or they're they're, they're they've moved on to the next the next big young thing but and that's got to be hard in a in a perverse kind of way. I I, I kind of like that because there's a there's a very brutal honesty to it. That if you kind of take if you don't forget it, or if you if you keep that in mind generally, <laughs> like you know, we're only here to use you. Right. I'm good with that. Okay, you're, I'm only here to be used. But I if I use you too, exactly. You know, right. I, th- I think that's eminently fair. I think that's above board. And as long as that's... Because every game has rules, whether you like it or not. But I think a lot of people maybe don't understand those rules or don't understand that that's, that's kind of what's going on. Because the problem is, is, right, like if you're a person that's like... Most, most actors are, in general, quite needy. Huh? In the sense that they need they need positive reinforcement and they need to kind of be told you're good. This is great. Right. Your work is good. Um, and just kind of like quite 
I guess sensitive personalities would be a way to, I don't, I don't know, but just, you know, that's kind of the personality of a person that becomes an actor a lot. Yeah, a, a but lot of times. it's also very confusing because you I can, can manipulate that person. Well, I can right? think of another person. It's, it's very confusing to have that kind of adoration and not take it personally and not think it's because you're you and people love you for that. And, and the, the, uh, the, the corollary or the, the, uh, the parallel that I think of is, uh, I forget which king it was, but he became the Duke of Windsor when he abdicated, you know, making way for the current king's mother to be the, the current king's grandfather to be the king. Right. You know, he was a, he was a rock star all of his life. Mm-hmm. You know, essentially he was, he was, you know, everybody loved him everywhere he went and everything was great. And so... He was, I think he was thinking in a certain in a certain way that uh, if he stopped being the king, everyone would still love him the same way. Mm-hmm. And he he decided to let go of the, the crown, and he got basically banished to Bermuda. That's tough. Well, that and he was a Nazi sympathizer, but you know. But. But yeah, I mean, that's just, that's, the, I think that's got to be the hard part about being an actor is... Well, living, being in life, because... And just having, like, just having these people that basically, you know, people that maybe that, that don't shoot you straight, right? That aren't, that are just kind of like, oh, everything's great that you do, right? And then, and then all of a sudden... You're not making Maybe, money anymore. You're not making money anymore, and then that, and then all of a sudden, that person's not even around. Yeah, right. And that's, and if that's, and if that's what you surround, if that's what you surround yourself with, you know, there's nobody real. Then fuck, you know. I mean, that's got to be awful. But that's that's just kind of we can we can take those lessons to our own lives though. Yeah. For the most part, people do like you or want to be around you for what you can do for them. Yeah. And that's okay because you should, you should, you're probably operating in the same way. Like when we, when we say, you know, we need to increase our circle of, of our social circle, we're also hoping that the increase in social circle helps us professionally, you know, just all kinds of, in all kinds of ways. But, you know, if I can help somebody, I'm more than happy to do it. But it's also on the, on the flip side, I'm kind of hoping they can help me too. Right. So there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think that we should go through life uh, expecting other people to be self-sacrificing. That's, that's the one big pet peeve I have with a lot of people that I meet. Right. Because I, I get the impression that many people I meet, especially in the, you know, aspiring folks or just people down on their luck or whatever, not even down the luck, just just people kind of kind of expect me to help them at my detriment, and I'm sitting there going, "That's why would I do that? I'm not Jesus." To your detriment. Yeah. Yeah. Expect me to basically, you know, do everything I can for them, and and and, and expect or have nothing in return. That's just a very. It's a very <clears throat> odd. Odd. It's an odd thing. And you know. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm I'm selfish in that I'm only looking for money. I mean I I've got I've got friends and acquaintances that I help out, and really it's because I like them. So I'm getting something. 
Yeah. Right? Um, but this whole idea that, yeah, you know, I'm just a super great person and I'm helping folks because I love to help folks and whatever. I'm just, I'm just sitting there going, okay, but why are you expecting, why are you, why are you, why are you thinking that you're, you know, almost Jesus-like? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, why are you expecting someone like me, who is, I believe I'm very practical and all that. So why are you expecting me <laughs> to, 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 to make a, a, a losing a losing investment. Yeah. And when I say losing investment, I'm not, I'm not strictly speaking about economics. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So your, your, your buddy who believes that people that she meets externalize their flaws onto her. Yep. That has got to like, be, she says that happens a lot. And she's like, she's like, I'm, and she's like, you know, and it's, you know, she puts herself out there and then this, this stuff, and then, and then, you know, she, she basically meets people that have all these issues, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then they blame her for their issues. That's got to be quite annoying. Um, and I'm just like, that's fucking, that sucks. Right? It does, and, yeah, yeah. And there's a big part of it that's like, ugh. You know, like, and, and I always say to her, like, I, 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 appreciate like like i look up to her and in the sense that she puts herself out there she's trying to meet people she's trying to find you know the right guy and and i'm like well at least she's putting herself out there oh so you're you're talking about more of a in a dating yeah it's in a dating or a romantic capacity of trying to find one's part you know life partner but it's um I still admire the fact that she is out there doing it because... Well, it is admirable. I feel like I've had a lot of, like, failures. And so I'm just kind of like, I don't know that I want to put myself out there, which is, I don't know if that's good a good thing, you know? It is whatever you want to say, whatever you want to, you know, put onto it. I mean, there, there are very few binaries. Well, I feel, I feel like I'm like, I don't do it, right? Like, I, I, I kind of don't don't do it, which is not... I don't think that's good. Says you. What? Well, don't think it's good. That's that's your opinion. Yeah. And that, that could be an opinion shared by many people. But my point my point is that, you know, there are very few, there are very few binaries in life. Well, you know the expression, right? Don't be afraid to go out on a limb because that's where the fruit is? No. You've never heard that expression? Before today, no. So, I mean, uh, yeah, well, you know what the idea of it is. I, 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 get, the, right? I, I get mean, the idea of it. I don't disagree with the sentiment. Like take a risk, right? Hey, look, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm, I, I, but of I, course, you could fall fall off the limb and break your neck. I, I take I take all kinds of risks all the time. I don't think I do. Um, I think I'm like quite risk averse. Well, everyone's risk averse about something. Now, whether you're whether you're risk averse about a lot of things or very few things, that's that's the. I'm risk averse about being emotionally fucking hurt by somebody. Well, that's because you got too many emotions. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I can't help that I have emotions, Dave. Well, I, I'm, I'm not I'm human, Dave. I'm not saying that I'm a Vulcan over here. I'm just saying that you know that I'm a sensitive human being, Dave. Okay, but I'm just 
I don't mean to sit there and say, oh, you're doing it wrong or anything. I'm just saying, look, I've, I've been, I've been emotionally hurt a lot and people bug the crap out of me all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, closest members of, closest members of my family, my friends, you know, doesn't matter. I've, I've been, I've been hacked off at everybody. A lot. But and, it's weird because I don't think of you as being that sensitive, but I think you are. Oh, I don't deny it. I'm a pretty sensitive, dude. But you just don't see it a lot, though. Hmm? You don't see it a lot, though. And so I think probably a lot of people wouldn't... That's not what they would say when they meet you. Oh, well, you know, I, I think that's it's not something that's evident. Well, I, I wouldn't... I don't know if compartmentalized is the right term for it, but I, 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 I do have a lot of compartments here. And so like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and act the same way around work or when I was, when I was, you know, litigating in court as I would, you know, in a social setting. Right. So, yeah, I mean, but you also seem to be able to have the ability to like when you, cause you've dated before you've obviously had women that you've a lot like, liked sure and then when when that's gone south you just kind of like well okay like engage the mechanism well it's not like i ignore it i i I have my feelings about it i'm like oh that's just no but when you're done you're done though right like oh yeah so there's no like there's no there's no like me like like being mimsy and barragovial as my mother would say for like months on end saying i can't believe i fucked that up or just kind of like just feeling like gray and shit for months and months after a relationship. I think I was like that very early on in my life, in my early adolescence. Yeah. But then later on, I was just like, eh, screw it. I'm, <clears throat> I th- I think for the longest time, I was always the one that would like break it off. Mm-hmm. And then so the other person maybe was going through that or maybe they weren't, but maybe. And then I don't, I never really experienced it until my fucking marriage went south. And then I was like, oh shit. Is this what it feels like? Oh, you just don't like to be the one that's dumped. <laughs> I don't think it's just that. Well, there is, there is that, there is that, that feeling where you, there's nothing that makes you want something more than when you can't have it, or there's nothing that makes you want a person more than when that person doesn't want you. Well, when when my marriage went south, I, I felt like the rug got pulled out from underneath me because I didn't see it coming. Well, that's that's hurt pretty natural, but. From my standpoint, like if I'm with someone and I'm not feeling it, then chances are the other person's not feeling it either. And I really don't care who pulls the plug. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like say, for example, if I'm dating someone or if I was with someone and I just, I'm just not feeling it, don't want to be with them anymore, and they happen to feel the same way, what wouldn't be happened to is generally how it is, right? If one person's not really engaging, the other person's like, well, I don't want to be around someone who doesn't want me. Right. And, you know, they're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And you're like, just like, okay. Well, no, at the the beginning, those feelings do do come up. Like, well, what do you mean? You don't want me, blah, blah, blah. But then quite quickly, like within a, a week or so, I remember, well, I don't want to be with you either. So problem solved <laughs> see but the, the problem for me is I think that my ego would get in the way at that point because I'd be like why don't you want me well don't get me wrong I, I, 
I've gone through that too, but like I said, after about a week or so, like, why don't you want me? How can you not want me? Moi! Exactly. But then, but then the, the, the thought or the, 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 the thought pops up in my head was, wait a second, I didn't want her either. So now I don't have to do anything. The situation has been resolved. And so do you, do you think dating is a good way of even like gauging what somebody's like? I mean, cause it, to me, the problem with dating is, so maybe you're getting together with somebody like once a week like right. for the first few weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. And then it's so like, you like you really don't know a person until you're fucking like in the shit with them mm-hmm. for a few years. Not even, not even. Well, well, a while, Yeah. right? So, so like, I'm like, at what point are you seeing the real, well, either one of you seeing the real person? Right. I mean, because you basically on your best behavior. Yeah. Well, I think if you spend a pretty, pretty good amount of time with someone. Like how long? Like, let, let's say like, like I'm talking about continuous time. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Like, like not know. once a week, but. Right. So like, uh, like if you, well, that, that's why I used to love school because you're, you're, you're kind of around these people a lot. Right. Especially when you're in college, if you're away from college. Um, for sure, man. You're seeing these people a lot. Um, I think that after about anywhere between two to six months. Regular. Yeah. I mean, you, you see, you see hints early on, you know, you see hints when you're, when you're dating like once a week or whatever. Yeah. And spending three or four hours a day together, or three or four hours a time together, and you're like, "Oh, this is so great!" And I'm, I'm sitting there going, "Look, anybody can hold it together for a couple hours, <laughs> right?" But you know, if there's, but you, you really kind of, kind of tend to know when things aren't going right. And when I say things aren't going right, when external factors are kind of like you, you kind of, you kind of know how that person's wired. Right. Right. So like maybe if you're taking a trip and you're, you run out of gas. Right. For real. Or you have like a, you have like a flat tire or something. You have some kind of thing. Right. You know, that's adversity. Right. That's why people sit there and say you need to go on vacation with someone. Yeah. To kind of figure out. It's probably true. And that's, it's also why people sit there and say maybe you should live with them first. But oddly enough, statistically, if you live with someone before you get married, chances are, statistically there's a higher incidence of divorce that's interesting and i'm sitting there going wait a second you've lived with this person so you know <laughs> and and then like that 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 thing always kind of that always that always kind of threw me for a loop so like okay so you live with someone then you get married and the chances of you getting divorced are higher than if you just kind of got plopped up one day and like hey here's your spouse that's weird that is weird because you would think that you would kind of because cause always the reason that people sort of say, the, re- the reason for saying, oh, live with somebody first or spend, you know, like do that first thing, get married, is because the psychologically you're saying to yourself, well, I'm going to see. Right. I'm going to see what I'm, what I'm, before I commit right. to a whole life with this person. Right. I'm going to see. Right. But I also think that if you do that, you're kind of uh, discounting or maybe cheapening the institution. Right. Right. It's no longer something that you have to, it's, it's not, it's no longer required. You have to stay together. Well, or you, you have, have to work. Out when you're not married, you can just fucking leave. Right. And so you keep that mindset when you are married. 
because it just becomes more complicated. You know, uh, now, now the law, the law gets involved and says, this is what you get. This is what you get and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. So when you, when you, I personally think that when you do something like that, you know, when you cohabitate before you pull the trigger and, and, and declare and make an oath before God and everybody, you know, or everyone you choose to invite you to your wedding, you're not, you're not, you're not necessarily taking, you're taking the mindset of, of, well, we can just kind of live together. And if it doesn't work out, then we can kind of, you know, break up. It's so weird. I think it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. Well, I think, I think that's what it is. I think you're, you're taking the, the mindset of, well, if it doesn't work out, then we can just quit. Right. And I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the upbringing opinion, whatever, that you can't just quit. You need to, you need to work it out. I mean, there's very little. Well, if you're married, you have to work it out. I think so. Although, but, although people get divorced all the time. Now. All the time. And, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's times where you can't work it out and you don't want anyone to hurt anybody to get out of it. Right. But, you know, that's why, that's why, that's why I was always, I have always been against this whole 50 50 philosophy on relationships. Uh, you mean like I give 50%, you give 50%? And that equals 100%, right? And yeah. I'm, just, I'm sitting there going, what if my 50% is more like your 80? Then you need to give 80. Well, no, I remember I remember having a conversation with a, with a woman and she was like, it's 50-50. I was like, yeah, but what if we have differing abilities and talents and aptitudes? And so your 50% is more like my 80%. If we're both giving 50, then it's not going to work because I'm not giving enough. You have to give everything. Yeah. And even then, right? If, even even if you're you're of differing aptitudes and abilities and stuff, what if what if my hundred percent is more like her one hundred fifty percent or two hundred percent? Like, what if what if everything I can give is too much? Like, she can't she can't give or vice versa. Why well, I don't know, dude. Well, at that point, if you've if you've made an oath and declared before God and everyone you've decided to invite to your wedding to get a gift out of. You gotta keep going. Yeah. You gotta you gotta decide. You know, has was is this is what I said for real, or is it easier just to say, you know what, let's just call it off because it's just too much. I can't take it. Yeah. And you that's better, a, you better hope that you chose somebody that is not that person. Well, and vice versa. I can't take it. And vice or versa. You, yeah. You know, you better hope that yeah, I chose somebody that isn't that I can't take it, and she better hope that she chose. Someone that is like, I can't take it. Right. Or didn't choose that. Anyway. So we've, uh, we've, we've stayed away from the, uh, the current events and the stuff because basically everybody's talking about it. Uh-huh. Right. It's the most, it's the most important election of our times. Um, I think there's a recent survey. Oh, this election? Yeah. Is they, that what they're fucking saying? They say that about every election. Every election. And, uh, you know, the, the Democrats are already saying the Republicans are going to cheat. Um, the, the Republicans are saying the Democrats are going to cheat hugely. It, well, they're both saying that. And funnily enough, there was a poll that said 80% of the people on each side think that the other side is going to destroy society. Wow. So, I think that's kind of funny to think that. <laughs> that's disgusting. Is that is that like our new timer alert? No, yeah, it's like we're, we're done. I don't believe that your spittle traveled that far. I don't think it did. Ugh. 
Excuse me, sorry. I don't think I can, man. That was pretty <laughs> negative. Blow your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just gonna just gonna wipe it on your shirt there. You want some? Why would I want some? You want some of these boogers? Why would I want that? Oh, sorry. What do you what do you, what do you think you are a hot woman? So anyway, um, so do you think people came to this narrative on their own, or do you think this is just the narrative? Well, I think it comes from years and years and years of saying those people over there are what's fucking everything up. Not very helpful. But I think what's conveniently not pissing that is you're also part of what's fucking everything up. So it's not just them. It's you, too. It's easy to blame other people, though. It's not helpful. Or other things. Look, hey, I'm all about solving problems. You know, I'm not, as you know, I'm not real big on being, oh, you fucked this up. It's all your fault, you bad, bad person, blah, 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 blah. I'm not really up for that. You know, right. if, if there's a, if there's an issue, I'm like, fix the problem. Yeah. No more problem, nothing more to worry about. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, it's very emotionally satisfying to sit there and say, ah, oh, it was you. You know, but for you, things would be so much better. And that's where, that's where my whole binary thing about fate comes in. Uh, you either believe in fate or you don't. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit there and say, well, I believe in fate for these things. Like whenever I failed, it was fate. And whenever I succeeded, it was my whatever. I was like, no, no, it's it's both. It's either it's either you believe in fate or you do not. And I'm not saying you have to do one thing or the other, but you can't really kind of pick and choose to make yourself feel better. That's a hard sell. sell. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the way I'm like that with merit too, with, with your ability is like people sit there and say, Oh, they got, they got super far because they were, they were super, you know, talented or whatever. I'm just sitting there thinking, I don't think that Benito Mussolini was better at, at, uh, was a more impressive person than me. (laughs) Now that could be megalomaniacal on my part. But I have a hard time sitting there going, you know, anybody. So you think a lot of it's fate? I think all of it's fate. So merit has nothing to do with anything? Well, now that I think it's all fate, then no. Wow. Does that does that mean that you should just kind of give up? Well, that's up to you. But I also believe in trying as hard as I can and doing the best I can, whether it's good enough or not, that's up to fate. But merit is uh, merit should be about how you feel about your efforts. Oh, I think those are two different things. I think your efforts, how you feel about your efforts, is one thing that's outside of merit. Okay. Right, because there's there's plenty of people that sit there and say, um, "Well, there, that's that's the uh, that's the that's the popular narrative, right? I works I work much harder than everybody else." So I was able to do more than people that were more gifted than I am. Yes. Practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice that makes perfect. Practice. Whatever. I I told you the story a long time ago where I was, I'll tell you a story later. But I think we're out of time. We are. So like, subscribe, tell us. But I want to come back to this conversation about merit. Sure. You mean... Recorded or unrecorded? Recorded. Okay. Not today, but... Well, there's something we're going to be talking about again. And the story. 
So, what cool. Was this, what was the story about? I'll tell you later. All right. Yeah, so, you guys will never get to hear the story. Ha ha. Too bad. Too bad for you fuckers. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> you, you wanted to be the inside guy. Anyway, like, subscribe, keep listening, because as long as you keep listening, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep doing. All right. And we are going to go eat some pie. Savory pie, not dessert pie. Chicken pot pie, baby. Yummy.